Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Ah, uh, yes. Hour number two here. Cam Moon, Brendan Escott, hanging out with you as Bob and the Oilers embark down to California. The series tied at one between the Oilers and Kings, just as it was last year as well. So uh, we saw some eerie similarities, I would suggest, between games one and two of this series. But now we're seeing some similarities between last year's series and this year's series. And I don't know that I'd love to see it go seven games, but Edmonton did come out on the right side last year. They did, but they had to battle back from being down 3-2 and have that uh, that clutch game in Los Angeles in game 6. I don't I I look at these two teams and you saw it in the regular season, it was 2-2 two and two, and and the games were well for the most part with the exception of that 6-3 loss in Los Angeles, they were pretty close. Like the you can tell there's not a lot there's not a lot separating these two clubs. Mm-hmm. That one in that that six three loss. That was one where the the Oilers penalty kill had a tough day, and Los Angeles scored three on the power play in that mm-hmm. game. That was what January 9th. Uh, but besides that, it to me the the margin of victory or or loss is minuscule. That's probably going to be the way it's going to go the rest of the way. So you know. Buckle up your seatbelt. <laughs> Get ready for what should be a, a hotly contested series. And the first two games, that's, that's the way it was. There's going to be times where you think the Oilers are dominating. There's going to be times where you think the the team isn't, you know, they're getting pushed. They're getting pushed hard. And that's going to happen in games three and four in Los Angeles, too. So we're going to open up the phone lines here. In fact, they are already open. 780-496-0063 is the number to call. The River Cree Resort Casino Hotline. Excitement. Bet on it. That number again is the Ashley Fine Floors text line as well. 780-496-0063. Get the new floors you've always wanted with Ashley Fine Floors. 143rd Street, 111th Avenue. Open Monday to Saturday. Oilers now brought to you by World of spas. They are Edmonton's number one hot tub and swim spa dealer. The ideal place to start your daily vacation. Uh, And yeah, guests on Oilers Now, they receive gift certificates to Japanese Village, Edmonton's favorite teppanyaki steak restaurant. It's Brendan's too. Come in and check out their new location, 3975 Calgary Trail. I love Japanese Village. I was there about four days ago. (laughs) I love it too. There's Seth Sesame sauce with the oh, steak is to die for, without a doubt. Okay, uh, text here from Androcito in Nelson, BC. Always appreciate his uh, contributions to the to the show. He says, "Escott, was that your beautiful mug behind Stuart Skinner with the tape recorder in his face? Hadn't seen you yet. Keep Kamloops proud of me. Go doing a great job. Thank you, Androcito. I appreciate it. Love the Kamloops shout out. And uh, yes, in fact, that was me. You may have seen me trying not to be blinded by the camera light." <laughs> on the Sportsnet feed last night. Um, yeah, I was a scrum lurker, Cam. <laughs> yeah, you were. 
just trying to stay out of the shot, but you had no, no choice. No, you no. were in it no matter what. And this is the thing. So different markets, my understanding is like you'll go to a game in Nashville and they have one or two media people. When you're at a media scrum in the Edmonton dressing room, there's probably, I would say, between 20 and 30 media members all there trying to battle for space. And I'm fortunate to have long arms so I can poke the recorder right into somebody's snout if need be. But yeah, you've got a really jockey for space there yeah. and a lot of the time it's easiest for me to just kind of go stand beside the players so there you go there's a little insider info as to how things go in the uh, the aftermath of the game and we we get such good content out of Stuart Skinner and such great insight and he's willing to to stop and say you know here's here's why my foot wasn't on the post for that Velarde goal I'm glad it happened I understand how to make that adjustment and this comes back to what we were saying off the top of the show about him just being such a thoughtful person and and athlete you would never suspect him to be as young as he is given how composed he is he is incredibly composed and you can tell that like that maturity not just in in the way he plays the game but the way he approaches his job the way he approaches life it's he's very grounded and that's why he's been as as successful as he has been all the way up from the WHL to the ECHL to the American League now in the NHL because he has that um, you know a very a very calm approach mm-hmm. to playing the position in what can be very chaotic at times he's able to uh, to take it all down and and be able to roll with things I was a guest on radio in Lloyd Minster earlier this week and they were asking whether or not Jack Campbell gets a sniff at any point in this playoff run and to me it, like it would have to be an absolutely colossal letdown on multiple fronts probably not even just Skinner that would be like to jog the whole team but that would be like going down three nothing in a series before you see something that significant that that kind of move made. Skinner, to me, has earned the right to have the reins right now. He earned it down the stretch. He's earned it all season long. He has. Uh, you're right. It would have to be something uh, that has, yeah, really gone south for the Oilers. Just because Stewart's played so well, really, the, the last couple of months has taken it up a significant notch, I think, and, and now uh, very worthy of uh, Calder Trophy talk, and and we'll get plenty, I would think. Uh, and he's he's earned that right to be the number one guy. So good for him, good on him. Uh, love to see it, local product and all that. I, I think it's uh, you know, and Jack Campbell's had his ups and downs over the course of the season, but don't don't forget he's had some pretty good, significant times uh, where he was playing well and did. Uh, his, his last little bit before we got to the end of the regular season. Exactly. The team was able to work him in, get that yeah. confidence massaged out, get him probably two or three more starts than I expected to see Campbell in down the stretch. So they were able to manage that all very well. Fred has called in to the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline. Fred, appreciate it. How are you doing today? Uh, not bad. I'm just a little tired from last night, but... Uh... <laughs> I've been watching this team for 51 years now. I take it one shift, one period at a time. I don't look at the big picture because you can't win four games in one. No, no you're, you're, you're absolutely right. right. I got to ask, are you tired from the emotional roller coaster that the game was? Or are you tired because it ended at about 11-10? <laughs> Uh, more the emotional roller coaster. Like I just get 
I get as just as excited now as I did watching Oilers back in Edmonton Gardens. Put it that way. Yes, I love it. <laughs> yeah, so you remember uh, Jim Harrison and uh, Jack Norris on the old WIK Oilers? I do. Yes. Yes, I well, do. I remember skating with them in 1973 at Kenilworth Arena, and I thought I was in hockey heaven back then. <laughs> I love the shout-out for the Kenil- Kenilworth <laughs> Arena. It's a classic. I'll tell you what, Fred, you must feel like you're in hockey heaven these days watching, maybe not the way that McDavid's sort of been limited in this series, but the way that Dreisaitl has been playing like an absolute man-child. I mean, how how happy are you to, to be able to hearken back to those glory days and say, okay, well, obviously this is isn't five Stanley Cups worth of a hockey team right now, but this is as good as they've been since. Well, you know what? I feel happy for the younger generation because they didn't experience the 80s. Like Brendan yourself, you didn't experience the 80s like me and Tom did. Mm-hmm. And I'm really happy for you guys. Like, just is something to take in, like, soak it in because you just don't know what next year is going to bring. Yeah, you're uh, you're not wrong about that. I think no. we do constantly need to like just pause and remember the greatness that we're basking in. Let me la- ask you this, Fred, before you go. Anything you're keeping your eyes on here in games three and four as things uh, shift to the road? Well, it's going to – you know what? LA plays a mechanical game, which means everything's well thought out. But the orders are somehow cracking through there. And you know what? We, those two goal leads are giving up. We're going to put an end to that, but – Hey, uh, Sue Skinner's the man. You know what? Putting Campbell in right now, I don't think that would be good at all because he could do really good, but if he gets shelled, then what? And Skinner is so composed back there. And uh, word for a battle. Any way you look at it, it's going to be a battle. They could go seven. Makes for a great yep. series. Appreciate the call, Fred. Thanks. Take care, guys. All right. Uh, 780-496-0063 is the number to call. DS Barr texting us here. He says, hey, guys, keep up the good work while Bob enjoys a margarita on the plane. (laughs) Thought the team played uh, tight or a bit nervous once the Kings got that first goal. Trying to defend but almost overdoing it. Trying too hard and got out of shape a few times or over-pursuing, says DS Barr. Um, And then not taking chances in front of them to get the next one and over overly cautious. So that's an interesting point, and I know that Jason Greger asked Woodcroft this in the postgame last night, is you get these two goal leads. What is it going to take to get that third goal and really not have a situation where LA is going to be able to nip at your heels for 25 or 35 minutes and get back into the game? And Woodcroft says, hey, we went 18 minutes of that opening frame without allowing a shot on goal. There's somebody playing goal at the other end of the rink as well, and you got to tip your cap yes. to them every now and again. So, you know, it's it's not necessarily settle for the two-goal lead, but, you know, it's not, it's not an easy league in which to score the third goal, regardless of the offensive firepower Edmonton boasts. No, I, the Kings have a good team, and you have to acknowledge that, and you have to acknowledge that uh, Jonas Corp Pasalo can play goal and play it at a high level. So I, I, I know if you're if you're watching the game and you're looking through just Euler glasses, that sometimes you you lose the fact that uh, the opposition does have a say in it. I know Jay Woodcroft says that all the time. Sometimes the opposition has a say, and he's right. They do. There's going to be ebbs and flows. Actually, I, I Fred 
alluded to that as well. There's going to be ups, downs, ebbs, and flows. There's going to be times where the Los Angeles Kings are are going to uh, you know have control of a game, and Edmonton will have to bear that out. And whether that's leaning on Stuart Skinner to make saves, whether that's uh, just playing well defensively to don't give the Kings great looks, it's going to happen. And if this was, uh, you know, a team that if Edmonton was a, a heavily favored club coming into this series, it'd be a lot different. And they might be favored, and they are favored, but not by a lot. There is, they, the Kings still had 104 points this year. <laughs> still, they're a good team. So what I'm saying is, it's going to be ups and downs. Ride it out. Don't get too close to the panic button. It's going to be okay. I think uh, it's going to be a tight, a tight series that you're looking at six or seven. Yeah, well, you're down to a best of five now if you want to look at it yeah. that way. Uh, Jeff and Red Deer has texted to say, hey, guys, Oilers are dominating the walls in L.A.'s end, either yeah. defensemen pinching down or uh, creating turnovers. Need to keep up on the Kings' defense. They will turn the puck over. I have noticed the exact same yeah. thing. And I'll tell you, uh, the the biggest impact that I've seen Nick Bugstad make on this team is his play along the boards, Cam. I am yeah. really impressed with what number 72 has brought in that realm. It contributes to a four-check. He's great on the penalty kill for that same reason, you know, but I, I have noticed the exact same thing. The play along the boards, which is where you're you're creating turnovers. It's the gray area, right? The, the yeah. two blue lines and then your boards battles are the gray areas and Edmonton has had a lot more success to me in those areas certainly with the additions that they've made when you're a bigger team I think it lends itself to that that's exactly it and now that you you bring in that physicality of what Nick Bugstad brings to the mix what Matthias Ekholm brings to the back end as far as that physicality you already had a guy like uh, Vander Kane and Darnell Nurse that will play a real tough game. Zach Hyman, you, you look at what he breaks. He, he was throwing the body around last night. Oilers got a lot of that. That this is a, a bigger, heavier team. Clem Cost, I mean, he scored the goal, but he's he'll go out there and and he'll hit anybody in a, an opposing jersey. That changes the the way teams have to play against the Oilers. It, it changes the way the Oilers can dominate with uh, with the puck along the boards and win those battles and then have control. So it's those are positive things. Uh, you, but you gotta you make sure you're defending well. And I think you know at times the Oilers, if you have the puck all the time, you're definitely defending well. If you go 18 minutes into the first period without giving up a shot, it's really hard to come out on the losing end of that period. So yeah, there was there was a lot of positives. They just got to keep that keep that going and do that to the best of their ability. Yeah, Tyler says here, uh, I've got no worries about the Oil this year when they stay disciplined. LA can hardly get the puck out of their own end. It's only when yeah. we get sloppy that LA can muster momentum and that's basically what we saw last night. A slew of penalties again. That silly knocking the puck over the glass by Kane, which I hate. That is that is the letter of the law and not the spirit of the rule and that is, that is very difficult for me as a fan to watch. I wouldn't want it called even if it was the opposition. That isn't intentionally delaying the game. That was no. a harebrained move but it wasn't delaying the game. Delaying the game is Marty Broder shooting the puck over the glass to kill time. That's delayed yeah. game. It, it's when a, a goaltender or a defender has no other option 
and just wants to alleviate the pressure, and that's why the rule was brought in, Mm -hmm. so they can't just flip it over the glass in their own end, which is what would happen. And going even farther back, the glass used to be a lot lower, too. But in what happened last night, Evander's just trying to get it out of the zone, he he, uh, pretty skilled to smack that out <laughs> that of the air. Phenomenal. I give him credit there because that was you know up over uh-huh. his head, and he just wanted to get it out of the zone. He was not trying to knock it out of the playing area, but he did. And you're right; that's not the spirit of the rule. It's a tough one. Mm-hmm. Now the rule book being what it is, and Kane being a veteran player, he needs to know better than that. But as I sit there and watch that that call made, knowing that if there was a judgment element to it, there's no possible way the referee could could say that that he was intentionally yeah. trying to delay the game by doing that. Because that, even though it was, I believe, 16 seconds, was still a two man advantage and really could have swung the game at that point. Oh. For sure. And that's the the frustrating part about that uh, about that rule is it could and it's cut and dried. like there's there, you're right. there's no there there's no taking into account intent at all. Mm-hmm. There's no there's, there's not an oops factor. No, there's no subjectivity. So yeah, that's tough for for any team that has to deal with that. And I when you see it when a team's already down a player, mm-hmm. that's where you're like, oh. And, and if it's intentional, okay, fine. But if it's one of those where you just hit it out of the air and it goes out and it puts you down to a five-on-three and there's nothing the referee can do about it. No. Has, they have to make that call. They, there's no choice. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's tough. It is a tough one. Uh, certainly the referees haven't been endearing themselves to any fan base. It's not just you no. and your team. Right. It's any fan base. Everybody's been complaining about the officials. So uh, don't, don't keep the Oilers' glasses secured too tightly. I'll tell you what's going on in the rest of the NHL when we come back. NHL Today is right around the corner on Oilers Now. Brendan Escott, Cam Moon with you here this afternoon. Bob and the Oilers traveling to California. Game three. Well, that goes tomorrow night. Six o'clock face-off show, 8 p.m. puck drop here on 6.30. Chad, it'll be Jack Michaels and Bob with the call. Let's get to NHL today. For our friends at Elite Promotional Marketing, your local branded merchandise specialists, head to ElitePromoMarketing.com. It is game two between Toronto and Tampa tonight. Matthew Nyes draws into the lineup. I'll tell you why momentarily. New Jersey trying to draw even with the Rangers. Colorado home to Seattle. They're down a game. And Winnipeg can steal another one from Vegas out on the road tonight. Michael Bunting of the Leafs picking up a three game suspension for that hit to the head of Eric Cernak. Bakersfield down one nothing now, as mentioned, in its best-of-three series with Abbotsford. They were shut out 3 nothing last night on the road. Spencer Martin picking up the shutout for the Canucks, who now host a must-win game two for the Condors tomorrow night. And how about this scoreline from the under-18 World Hockey Championship, Cam? Some of the top draft-eligible prospects. Team Canada getting flattened. 8 nothing loss to Sweden this morning. The likes of Andrew Cristal. There's a lot of Western Hockey League guys that you'll see go later on this spring that are on this team that apparently just got a wake-up call. Yeah, you don't expect that. They're usually at the at the under-18s, this is the World Championship mm-hmm. of the under-18s. Canada is. They don't have all their their top players because some are still no playing. Bedard, no yeah. Fantilli, yeah. nothing like that. But still. 
But still, a lot of times, Canada does meddle at this. The, now, the American team's always very good in this event. Uh, they have their best players available. Some of the uh, Canadian players still playing in uh, CHL playoffs, so they keep busy. Hey, your Kamloops Blazers are up 3 uh, nothing on Portland. Mm, they sure are. They sure are. Very excited about that one. I know you got your ties to Kamloops, but uh, I've got my Blazers pen in my hand. Respect to the Oil Kings, and I know it was a tough rebuilding year, but my heart is b- full of blue and orange, both for the Oilers and for the Kamloops Blazers. 129 in Edmonton. We'll send it off to Evan Cook for a global news weather traffic update. John Shannon will look at games one and two and around the NHL with us when we return.